Welcome in. Welcome back. It is the Tuesday edition of All Canadian. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill. Bringing it to you guys as always. Good to be here. Connor, we've got the men's national championship starting in one hour. I think I'm not going to watch probably more than the first 10 minutes. To quote Lethal Weapon, I'm too old for this shit, man. A 9.20 start time is psychotic. Like, I get it for the West Coast, but like, golly, man. I bet you 10 bucks if it was a 9.20 football game, we'd both be like, oh yeah, I'm watching. (laughs) I don't know. It depends what game. Like, ah, I don't know. Even starting the NFL honors at 9.30 and I said I wasn't going to watch, but I ended up watching anyways. Exactly. I was a late one. Um, no, I mean, this is going to either be really good or really bad, but I, Huskies, Huskies, San Diego State has bailed themselves out two consecutive games. I you can't do it three times in a row. The Huskies are a way deeper team too, in my opinion. Anyways, they got nine, 10 guys that they can play on the rotation. Uh, yeah. I think they're bigger down low. I think UConn, yeah, I don't know. This is a UConn win for me. Hawkins, Sunoco, call it a day. Man, it was a it was a decisive UConn win to get to the national championship. It could have gone either way with FAU and San Diego State. So edge edge UConn for me. Oh, sounds good. Uh we missed some news last week, partially because we recorded and then released and then news dropped. Vanny Cup in Kingston? Big news. Huge news. I mean, it's good for for me anyway. It's good for you. Not only is it an amazing city getting to host the Vanier, and we get to see yet another, uh, like, college stadium host it, but we also get the one that happens to be closest to us geographically (laughs) in the entire country. Like For two years in a row. A closer venue than Queens. No. Plus, no, really couldn't they have. will have... Oh, okay. This has been my thought all week. They're going to have the end pavilion finished, correct? I think that's the plan. I don't know. Like, Yeah, it's going to be finished. At least the walls will be built. Okay, stay with me. Richardson Stadium in November... The wind in New Richardson. In Old Richardson, there was no end seating. So the wind just came flying through. It was a tunnel. In the new stadium, the wind comes funneling up the tunnel and into the field of play. Usually it had an escape out the back. Now with the pavilion there, it is going to come in, go down one side, hit the pavilion wall, and start swirling. It is going to be cold it is going to be windy. It is going to be Kingston football at its finest. And it's going to be glorious. I'm it excited. It is going to be absolutely amazing. I am so excited for this. Um, New Richardson is such a beautiful venue. Great field surface as well to play on. I don't think that can be overlooked as well. Um, they're going to do it right. We know they're going to do it right. And... Uh, for you sports, I think this is a huge, huge, huge plus. 
to have one of their newest, most recently redone stadiums on display for the country. Yeah, I agree. I, I couldn't agree more with what you said. Richardson is such a beautiful stadium. Kingston, like this is all biased, obviously, but Kingston's such a, a great town, such a great football city. Um, yeah, that's I think that's what I'm excited for the most, man, is just like the Vanier Cup is is by far one of my favorite events, not only in, in Canadian or yeah, not only in the Canadian football world, but in the football world as a whole. Like I unabashedly love the Vanier Cup year in, year out. You know that. Everybody else who who listens to the podcast knows how much we love the Vanier Cup. But to have it in in Kingston now, I think is is amazing. And it's gonna showcase that, you know, well, hopefully showcase anyways that Kingston is a great football town. There's there's, you know, a tradition of excellency at the local high school level. There's a there's a few very good programs. Humble brag. Um no, I there's a few good programs Humble including brag. including <laughs> Uh, one that I did go to. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like my mind always shoots back to the, the Vanny run in 09 and how amazing that stadium was when it was full and rocking and people were noisy. Um, so I think it, it'll be that type of vibe again for the Vanny Cup for, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited for it. And then hopefully in the future, this is going to prompt some uh, some touchdown Atlantic-esque type games in Kingston, whether it's, you know, uh, CFL exhibition game played at Richardson when the when the bowl is complete or or some sort of you know in season game because they're doing it at, they're doing touchdown Atlantic at SMU this year right so mm-hmm. oh <laughs> they're doing touchdown Atlantic at SMU for a reason Connor a singular reason it's a test run for the Atlantic expansion I'm holding my hopes out man I I'm holding my hopes out that. Uh, this can all come together after many, many years of figuring it out and indecision and everything that everything that's gone into it there. But I more CFL football. Give it to me. All right. I don't want to be that guy before we move off Vanier talk. But I just want to remind people, just because you host the Vanier Cup does not guarantee that you will be playing in the Vanier Cup. Western learned it the hard way. Laval learned it the hard way. Does not guarantee anything. No, not at all. But but when you have but a uh, a Queens good has a program, good chance. Yeah. They have a good chance. Yeah. But it is not a guarantee. A lot of people no. you know what? Until I saw the Arnaud Desjardins train coming down the tracks with big old Glenn Constantine. I was a part of that train saying, holy crap, could Western host a Vanier and play in it? They were close. Unfortunately for the OUA this year, they have to travel, if I am correct, they have to travel to Can West for the national semifinal. Ooh. Which, if my prediction currently is UBC. We will get into predictions close to the season. My prediction right now is the T-Birds. Like Say it. you are Queens. You have to win the Yates, practice, up and fly to Vancouver. If you win, up and fly back across the country and then practice and play another final game. Whereas, luckily for uh, the RSEC or AUS, it's not as bad of a travel. But if Laval hosts... 
a national semifinal or Montreal and they win, they're already at home. They just head down to Kingston the next week. Boot on up the the highway. Boot on not, up the 401. Not giving it, not giving it to the AUS. Connor, I didn't give anything to anyone except for Arno and Glenn. And they're both there <laughs> again. Yeah. So I'm giving it to them until I can't. Until proven otherwise. No, I'm with you 100%. Reigning champs for a reason. T-Birds uh, versus Laval nice. for the Vanier Cup this year. You've heard it here first on Monday, April the 3rd at 8.21.55 is the second mark in the minute, too. It's it. Laval, UBC, Vanier Cup. I think Queens at least makes it out of the OUA this year. We're throwing around bold predictions on an April evening. If Alex Freakin is the starter all year. Did you see the the reps that came out from the gold spring, the whatever the spring game was, the golden? No, I thought golden... it was this weekend. Darn it, did I miss it? Was it on yeah, that beautiful was, Saturday afternoon we had? It was last weekend. Yeah. Oh, I would have. Oh, I don't know. I actually, I don't know. I don't know if it was from the, the scrimmage. I think it was. But either way, I saw like, I saw Scally reps. I saw a few 12 on 12 reps. Man, Vreekin was throwing dots, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, it was April 2nd. Oh, so it was yesterday. It wasn't that nice yesterday. It was pretty shitty. <clears throat> but, Connor, Benny Cup in Kingston, ready to rock. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Biasly, very excited for this one. Since we are so close to the border in Eastern Ontario, in Kingston, Ontario, you want to go across, across the border and talk about some of these American, well, Canadians down in the NCAA that have recently had their their pro days? Hell yeah. A couple Let's guys do here. It. We got four guys. Um, there's there's obviously a few more than that are, that are being scouted, but these are the four guys that were included in our first mock draft. So go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. But so we've got Dante Bull, Luol Uguak, Jared Wayne, the wide receiver from Pitt, and Jonathan Sutherland, DV from Penn State. Where do you want to start? Jared Wayne. Jared Wayne. I thought he had a really good pro day. Uh, you made a comp off air that I would love you to bring back up, but I'll give you the numbers here first. 46540, 405 shuttle, 6753 cone. 10 foot broad or 10 7 broad, sorry, 41 and a half inch vert. Okay, ready? I'm going to read out a different receiver. He's 6'3, 210. Okay, 6 foot, 200 flat, 10 reps, 4 5 3, 39 inch vertical, 10 4 broad, 7 1 3 cone, 4 4 6 shuttle. I know Clark. who it is because you told me off air, but let's Clark Barnes. Yeah. It's Clark Barnes. To me, if Jared Wayne is getting NFL interest or buzz. Well, those were the reports post pro day, right? Like if people are coming out saying everyone's oh, shot getting buzz the in the pro day, right? Like your pro day is meant to generate buzz because it displays yeah, the shit that you do the best. It's a hype but day. To me, it is a hype day. Give me Clark Burns, man. Give me Clark Burns. I'm biased, but give me Clark Burns. He's a guy that knows Canadian system has played in it recently. And with Jared Wayne, if there are NFL interests right away, maybe he doesn't come to you for a couple of years or at all. 
Clark Barnes, you know you at least get two, three years like a KSB before he starts looking down south the border. Well, Clark Barnes, I'm with you. Clark Barnes was was a really high pick for both of us on our mock drafts. I think you took him a first lot round. higher up than I did. You took him in the first round. I took him in the second round. But either way, he wasn't making it out of the first two rounds for us. So uh, we both took him. I don't think I took a second receiver. You took him before Jared Wayne as well. So yeah, he, he is both of our picks. I think, uh, you know, you've got some really good developable talent in Clark Barnes. Not to say that Jared Wayne doesn't, but again, like, you know Clark Barnes is going to end up on your roster. You don't know what happens. I guess you will know what happens, but, you know, what if he signs a UDFA deal? You don't. You don't. Yeah. You really don't. Like, but it, people thought, oh, maybe Dean Leonard will come back because he was a seventh-round pick. See you never. He, he played. He stayed. Yeah. So it's it's a big mixed match, and uh, I don't know. I'm just more biased than I probably should be. No, I, I agree with you. Jared Wayne's a really good player, and I think he would be a very good CFL slot receiver. But I think right now, knowing Clark Barnes is going to be on your roster if you want him to be, he's he would be the draft choice for me. But let's let's move on to another player. Who who do you want to see? Do we want to go with a DV here? Do we want to go to the offense, or do we want to go to the trenches and pick a lineman? Oh, trenches. Offensive or defensive? Offensive. Dante Bull. Nice. There's no state offensive lineman. Uh, both of us absolutely love this offensive lineman. I think we both took him three, right? That was the, our first yeah. three picks were the exact same. Um, Pro day. So he came in at 6'6", 322, 34-inch arms, 34 and a quarter. His vertical is a 25 and a half. Eight foot three broad, but he put up twenty reps on bench. What Not are your bad. thoughts? Uh just check boxes. Yeah. Check boxes and move on. I don't think for me, like hint hint, if we're going to stock up, stock down. I don't think he moves at all for me. I think he stays uh neutral. Like I, I, I still up. think, yeah. At three. Um, but I don't know. I just don't want people to see his pro day numbers and be like, well, he didn't jump well. Like, yeah, well, he's also 6'6", 320. His tape is <laughs> his tape is very good. I don't know. I you can put him at either tackle. He'd probably move to right to start and then let him see if he can work himself back towards left tackle as he kind of progresses. I don't know. Let's talk the wall. Uguak. Again, another high pick. I think I had him before you did. I had him at four. I believe you had him at five. If I'm yeah. not mistaken. But again, yes. like an, another pro day for me, just check boxes. And again, Luol is a massive dude as well. 6'4", 260, running a 496, 29-inch vert, 9'8", broad. And he put up 18 reps on the bench. Again, like I, I think like we were saying about Dante Bull, he's another guy that checks boxes. Right now, where we have him falling on the draft boards, it's going to be hard to move him move him up but i certainly wouldn't move him down based on these pro day numbers i mean again watch no. the tape it's there and as an interior lineman like you you said like could be better on lateral movement but interior guy connor you don't have to be unreal with it as long as he's not a pylon standing still on the ground well it was a 1.8 10 yard split for him that's fine 
Yeah. So like I'm like with an interior defensive lineman, I'm looking at your first three steps. What are your what are your power moves look like? Versus if he was an edge guy, sure. If 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 he's moving a little slower, if he's not as good laterally, maybe I'm taking that into concern a little bit more. But with a guy like Law, I think he's gonna play inside and and I'm looking at your first three steps. What are you doing to disrupt the play of the offense? All right. Uh we got who John Sutherland and that's it. That's our last oh. uh because we both have City Sow in the draft, but he had an NFL yeah, he was so at the NFL combine. So we already talked about him. And we can we, recap his numbers after if we want. We do have the uh Illinois boys. See and never, Chase and Sydney Brown. But they they already had their pro day a while ago. All right. Let's jump into Jonathan Sutherland. Again, another dude with a really impressive pro day. He was already a really athletic back, I think, for both of us. Um, so he came in at 5'11", 200 pounds, 202. 4'5", 840, 37.5-inch vert, 10'3", broad, 4'13", sh- uh, 4'13 shuttle, 6'8", 7", 3-cone, 25 reps on the bench. Wow. 23? 25 reps on the bench. 25. Are we saying short arms, Connor? Or just raw strength? Well, I think I think it's... I think on this one, you can look at the power, <laughs> the power metrics in every other one of these categories. Like 4, four 5, 8, 40, speed. He's jumping well, like 37 and a half inch vert, 10 foot three broad. That's power for me. His power transfer on the the short shuttle and the three cone, a four one three and a six eight seven. Like this dude can move. And he came in at five eleven. So maybe he's got a, a he's still if he's if he's at five eleven, he's got at least a five eleven to a six two wingspan, I gotta imagine. He's Honestly, with, with someone to me, like he he spent so much time as a leader at Penn State. Why are we not? Why are we not getting looks earlier? What has happened? Like, why stay back so many years? Why continue to play? Like, why not try to go pro earlier? And I get that there was COVID and delays, and maybe he wanted to improve his draft stock, blah blah blah. But like, could be like it could be he's a been there a long thing as well. Time. Yeah, and I mean that's not a bad thing necessarily does allow you to develop does allow you to kind of get that experience as a veteran guy in the locker room get that experience as a leader and i think that bodes well going into a situation where you're going to be a rookie now in a locker room again um yeah i I mean i'm with you a little bit but his numbers were so impressive (laughs) it was it wasn't i I'm excited to see where he falls in the draft because he has been the biggest mystery to me since we saw Francis Beamy. He is now the he is now the mystery. Sutherland. I don't know, man. Can you not just see Jonathan Sutherland being a Chris Jones guy? Oh, I do. Athletic that's the whole freak. Point. NCAA. Just because you get drafted by Chris Jones doesn't mean diddly. Look at who they picked last year, Connor, and look at the situation we have now with Trey Ford. I just mean in terms of like where he's going to land in the draft, like Edmonton with the number two pick. Yeah. Unless they trade back and some random Chris Jones 
Maybe they give Trey Ford away, coop a bunch of picks, and then trade back and just say, we'll trade for guys during the season. Or I mean, at the end of camps like Chris Jones really loves. If he's still lurking around, it's like if there's a trade like that or whatever circumstances arise, like if he's still lurking around at the sixth pick and I'm Hamilton, I'm going to take a real hard look. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean, I had uh, Bag Yogo going. Yeah. Um, I, I had Bag Yogo going there. But you know what? Sutherland and Baggy Yogo and Nick Cross and, and, and Connor. Hamilton could honestly do the same as Winnipeg, but in my eyes, a scale up where you're getting DBs to contribute young national guys for the top end of the draft instead of mid to late rounds like Winnipeg has, where they just fill out with good special teams talent and develop them. Yeah. Hey, some of that special teams talent turned into a blocked kick at one of the most pivotal points in the Grey Cup this year. It did, it did. They still lost, though, because Chad Kelly, but just Man. because of Chad Kelly. <laughs> yeah. It's not like Macbeth played three three and a bit in that three game. Three quarters. Um, all right. You said you had one more thing for me. I do have one more thing for you. And you have not. He has not told me anything that we're doing here. This is just complete blind... Lying into darkness, trusting Connor with my life. Oh, I gave you a hint earlier earlier on in the episode. I, I said hint, hint. And then I proceeded to talk ah. about stocks going up and down. So oh. I've got a few guys. I thought you were hinting at Marsh's article that he published. <laughs> oh, he did do that one today, too. I did see that. Um, wow, now Damn. it just feels like I'm stealing that idea, but... Oh, it's a draft idea. Everyone does it. We're doing it too. Why not? Cliches. Well, I guess all the CFP minds think alike. Yeah, we kind of do. <laughs> yeah. All but right. We're doing it. We're doing it. We'll get into team-specific stuff in the coming weeks. But right now, because we're fresh off the combine, fresh off some pro days, fresh off our first mock draft, we're going stock up, stock down on a few guys here. First one, Anthony Bennett, Regina Rams defensive lineman. Hold. Up, down, neutral for you. Hold. Hold. If anyone knows me, I listen to the herd as much as I can. They do buy, sell, or hold. So I'm holding on this one. Holding on them. So same rules apply, basically. Yeah. Same rules apply to this. I don't think I need to explain it. Jacob Biggs, Calgary Dinos. Hold, because I think I was higher on him than other people probably were. In public Fair. opinion, he is stock up, but I think I was higher on him than than most. Uh, yeah, I think we were. Pretty yeah, high Anthony on him Bennett. Either. Anthony Bennett, 14th overall combine score. The reports that I saw from the combine were that he just was like a meh kind of care guy. But I don't know when when you watch his tape from Regina, right? Like. Yes, we have this extended combine show, as we'll call it, even though it wasn't really on display for many people. But um, when you have this extended combine show, you kind of hope that, like, oh, maybe there's more of a correlation to tape and what we saw that week instead of in previous years where people are like, oh, my God, the fill posts were awful at the combine. And you and I had to sit here and be like, okay, there's still freak athletes who are going to score the ball when they touch the ball. And sure enough, 
that's what happened. So I don't know. Maybe there's more to read into with Anthony Bennett, but I, I'm just so impressed with him and have been for years with him uh, at Regina. Yeah, hard to disagree. I mean, I still need to work out where Anthony Bennett is going to fit in in my mock drafts. I know it's coming up. It's just It feels like a very top-heavy defensive line class this year. And just trying to figure out what to do with everybody is is throwing loops in some of my mock drafts right now. But on to the next guy here, Dayton Black, offensive line, Saskatchewan Huskies. Oh, I'm going to be a dick. Stock down. Stock down. Were you higher on him? Uh, Well, in the first draft 100, he was what? Like hovering around the top 20, like early 20s. This uh, this time, well, let's see where he was. He was, uh, oh, 29. So he actually went up a spot in the draft 100. That's a kind of a spoiler for our round two that we're gonna put <laughs> out. But um, no, he he's not the guy. I think Grohovac is. But to me, it's like we have this expectation, and this is insane amounts of bias and prejudice and judging a book by its cover. But you see Saskatchewan, big offensive lineman, and you're like, oh, oh, shit, are we getting a guy like we have the last bunch of years? Same with Alberta. I do the same thing all the time with Golden Bears linemen. But it's like, uh, oh, crap, they're coming from the Huskies. Oh, this is going to be good. And it wasn't wowing like we have had in previous years. Okay, fair enough. Hard to argue with that. The stock down on Dayton Black. Uh, I think I had him going in the second round. I think he was a second round guy. Uh, Yeah, second round Toronto, I think, was my pick. Uh, Yeah, like we had Noah Zare last year. He was our number two overall player. Yeah. So I, I get kind of spoiled by those. All right, I'm going to throw you another offensive lineman here. Theo Grant, Queens. Theo Grant was the regional that made it up, right? So stock yeah. up. Stock up, obviously. You go from regional to national. Um, Not only that, but he, he outperformed. Just even keeled. I yeah. like. Like, nothing wows you with his testing. Nothing wows you with his play. It's just consistent. Yeah. Clock in, clock out, hit your punch card, and go about your day. I think, yeah, I, I think in a sense a little bit, he he outperformed what the expectations were, right? Like, he was a yeah. he was an invitational guy this year, got to, you know, the National Combine, the CFL Combine, and then performed again really well. Uh, he came in, actually, on Marsh's on Marsh's combine score as the 16th overall player. Yeah, and 23rd from the national combine as well, um, which outperformed his Queens counterpart. And I believe most of the other O-linemen. So, yeah, he had the top two offensive line scores. So, um, no, I'm, I'm, I, I, I think he had a really good showing. I, there's nothing wows you, right? Like, you're not going, oh, my God, he hit 40 reps on bench. You're like, yeah, he hit a good number. He was in the 20s. And uh, check that box, move on. So stock up, but 
interesting prospect. I, I could see him being a late round depth pick for a team. James Peter, stock up, stock down, hold. What are you feeling? Hold. Um, testing, I thought he would do a, a, a smidge better. Uh, throughout the week, he wasn't one of those splash players that was getting all the attention on social media, but you also didn't hear anything negative come out about him, right? Like, yeah, he did what James Peters does. He goes in, he's going to make tackles, he's going to make plays, he's going to compete on special teams, and he's going to give you what he's got all the time. So, um, yeah, yeah, neutral. No, I agree with that. Uh, I think we thought pretty highly of him before. Hard to move him up. I don't think he any, did anything that would, in in my eyes, move him down. Um, yeah. I think another guy, like we were saying, with some of the with some of the pro day, the NCAA pro day guys, like he checked the boxes. Uh, he satisfied everything that I think you you wanted to see out of him. Okay, it's a, this is an offensive line heavy one because I, I guess I'm just personally curious about the offensive line here. But uh, Anthony Anthony Vanderford, Sherbrooke, oh stock down. <laughs> he came in as a big man. I expect him to be overly aggressive and physical and everything i heard from the combine was he was not so i don't know you've got the lone sherbrooke very or player and this could be like catella say from uh i guess our first year uh doing draft 100s and stuff and i really like catell and when he slid all the way to the back of the draft I was like, what in the F happened? And apparently it was just footwork, concerned about uh, overall physical strength. I think that could be Anthony Van Dahl. Now, now, Catella say went and ended up sticking with the Red Blacks for, I think, a year or two. So it's not like it's career over, but I don't know. I still like his tape, but something something needs to be answered. And I'm sure the teams would have that answer through interviews. I like it. I like it. All right. Another lineman, not offensive. We're going to the defensive side of the ball for this one. Quentin Sagan from Charleston Southern. Oh, up, 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 up. I really liked him. Uh, body type, very unique. Um, I think that when we look at uh, him overall, what do we have? 6'2", 271, 19 reps, 508, 30-inch uh, vert. 430 shuttle at that size Connor that's impressive and I think that he is going to be one of these guys that he's if this is American football would be a 3-4 end someone you could put inside leave him out on the edge and let him just go get after the quarterback get after plays chase him down from the backside um yeah I I I really like Quentin Sagan stock up for me okay yeah I was I was really curious about Quentin Sagan, he was one of those guys too when we were doing the draft 100 and talking about him a little bit. We just, we were, he was one of those guys we wanted to see more. We wanted to see what he was going to look like, how he was going to move, uh, those types well, of things. Me, he has moved in the draft one or in the draft 100. Yeah, I I, I agree too. So I I would say uh, stock up from my perspective. All right, we're gonna go out to the East Coast and we are gonna explore the curious case of Sebastian Howard. Stock all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> I threw you a lob ball. I knew you were going stock up there. Have you paid attention to our mock draft? I had him going in the second round. 
really like the frame, the skill set, and also Marshall had mentioned to us that he'd been training with a similar body type in, oh, it was Braden Lenius who had went down to the Falcons. Um, if I am correct, that was in the Marshall episode. Uh, but the fact that he's training with guys that have experience playing inside while still being a threat vertically in the CFL, uh, very promising. And I had him going to Ottawa, just, I don't know. They have uh, Marco Dubois, but how many years can you hold the roster spot for uh, a true teamer when you could get younger, cheaper guys that can do more on the field for you? Um, nothing against Marco Dubois. I'm sure he's loved in the locker room, and he has made some plays offensively for them. But as they look to turn a new leaf in Ottawa, bring in a young body type that's similar but could do more within the boundaries of an offense um, has to be appealing. Completely agree. Completely agree. I think if you – it's it's just about figuring out where and how to use them. And I think, you know, once you once you get there, he's got a skill set that's undeniable. Um, I think that's all the guys that I have uh, stock up, stock down, guys that I was curious about. But is there anybody that you want to – you want to take a second to highlight that we no, maybe missed? Guys or... that, as we've talked about, uh, everyone has heard about the stock ups. Everyone has heard about the stock downs. Um, I was trying to throw you some non-obvious ones. Like I wasn't going to give you like a yeah, Jake Kelly one, or Jake Taylor or Charlie Ring. One real guys, big jumper, I guess the second spoiler for the draft 100. I have Lucas Cormier, who was not on our list initially, um, jumped all the way up. Not we did just get because out of for that one too. We did, and you know what? People thought that we had a, a kicker listed above him in the DB section, even though he was listed as a <laughs> kicker in the breakdown. But, you know, um, people pay attention to what they want to pay attention to. No, I... Cormier showed, like... He showed to me that he could he could come in and play Sam, safety, Will... Or a half spot, if needed. Don't know if he would play them all well. But he has the physicality and the frame to do so. Um, so I, don't, I I bumped him way up. We might be able to move him around and slide him into different places. But um, yeah, so he was, he was one that I had a huge stock up on. Yeah, I think for me, St. Mary's as a whole, stock up on, on all of the St. Mary's combine participants. <laughs> they showed out. Um, yeah, Jason, Marcus, uh, yeah. Eden, John, Sebastian, Howard. It's some some good showings at the combine. But I don't know. I think that's it for this one. Unless there's anything else you want to get to. No, I'm I'm perfectly content to uh, to head on out, get settled in for this basketball game that I'm not going to watch. And so here we go with the <laughs> with the week. Uh, our when our Thursday episode may be a bit late for people. I have a basketball tournament <laughs> to, to go to on Wednesday. So our, our uh, schedule may be a bit off for the episode, but we'll get the second one out to you guys. Don't worry. Combine season. Oh, combine season's over officially into draft season. Got tons of stuff coming out. So stay tuned to the social media channels at CF perspective at Wade Zank at Connor R O'Neill. As always a huge thank you to our sponsors at Fox 40, the worldwide leader in whistle technology. 
Sports season, always turning over, always in full swing. They've got everything you need. And while you're at checkout, use the code CFP15 for 15% off your entire order. Get geared up with the worldwide leaders in Whistle Tech, box40shop.com, CFP15. We will catch you later this week.